And this morning, we want to call up a few testimonies that have been impacted by victory. And so we want to invite up Chad and Amy Bonham, uh, Josh Malden, and AJ, and also Brian and Stacy Bias to come up here. Give these guys a big hand as they're coming up. We celebrate what God is doing through this ministry. And uh, first off, I'd like Brian and Stacy to share real quickly how God used this ministry to save your family. Praise God. Well, you know, Stacy and I got married right out of high school. And within that first year, you know, we weren't living for God. And from wrong choices and just sin in our lives, man, both of our lives were a mess and our marriage was a mess. And it even came to the point where we even separated. And you know, I grew up in church and I knew Jesus was the answer. And I remember watching my mom every day would get out her Bible, put it on the coffee table, get her notebook out, get her pen, and she would turn on uh, Victory TV. And she'd turn on Pastor Billy Joe and Pastor Sharon. And uh, you know, she even became a partner where every month Pastor Billy Joe sent cassette tapes uh, to all the partners. And as I was going through this, my mom, brought me like three shoe boxes full of Pastor Billy Joe's sermons. And I was, uh, I was working on a trash truck at the time on the back of a trash truck. And so I got my old school Walkman out, put my Pastor Billy Joe's cassette tapes, put my headphones on, and I was just slinging trash and listening to Pastor Billy Joe. <laughs> and you know, that trash truck became my Pastor Billy Joe Bible school. On that trash truck, there was just a move of God. And I let God teach me how to hear his voice and to trust in him and be directed by him, how to become a prayer warrior, how to become a godly man and, and repent and get my life right with him. And over a year's time, God supernaturally healed mine and Stacy's marriage, healed our family. Stacy and I have been married 21 years now. Two daughters, Chelsea and Bailey. And now we've been in ministry for over 17 years. And so we thank God for Victory, Victory TV. Amen. And cool shout out, Pastor Brian, uh, when I first started volunteering in the church, I was volunteering under Brian and Stacy in the kids ministry, 9 a.m. service. I was y'all's worship leader for the boys and girls. Man, isn't it amazing how God's used TV and radio to bring families into the church like Brian and Stacy, rescuing people, saving their marriage, and then using them for God's glory. Josh Malden, tell us real quickly about how God impacted your life through victory. Yeah, uh, definitely. In 1989, my mother and I lived in Irvine, California, which is God's country. And um, I was three years old at the time. Come and, on now, uh, Oklahoma. Uh, uh, and my mother watched Christian television because that's what moms do. And um, on that specific night, she was watching Oral Roberts show and pastors Billy Joe and Sharon Doherty were on there. And they shared their vision about how they had started the school, but not just started the school, they had built a campus that was gonna face Oral Roberts University. My mother said, that's where my son's gotta be. She's a single parent mom, I've gotta find a place for my son. So what did she do? She decided to pack up our house, move from California down the 44, down Lewis, pulls into 7700 South Lewis, enrolls me at the VCS for K4 without having a job, without knowing where we're gonna live yet, just said, this is what God said to do, so we're gonna do that, and everything else will then fall into place. And so thankfully, I got to be raised here. I got to learn how to believe in God, who God was, be led by the Spirit, and just learn what it meant to be a victory Christian conqueror, and it's like no place else. 
since I graduated. I thankfully got to apply those skills to pray in a beautiful wife. But other than that, I also got to join the staff here serving this house through Victory Christian School, where we are just absolutely ferociously attacking this city. Our students are like no one else. We have, student, we have eight National Merit Scholars in the last four years alone. We've got college guys, we've got guys that are going to college in all types of sports. It's like no place else. And so it's just a good day to be a conqueror, be led by the Spirit, and find your school. Praise God. You know, it's awesome too with Josh is his mom stepped out in faith. Last night I was talking with several who said, Paul, I don't have the finances to put my kids in at, at a Christian school for any matter. And I said, you know, Josh's mom didn't either. She had to take a step of faith. And sometimes we have to do that. We have to believe that God's gonna provide. And no matter where you're at, I think all of us can respect the vision of what God has done through that school to impact people like Josh and many of you in this room. How many of you have either had a child or a family member, you yourself, went to Victory Christian School? Would you just raise your hand? Wow, look around the room. Wow, more than half of y'all in this room that have gone through that and been a part of that. Praise God, Josh. Chad and Amy, what has God done in your family at Victory? Um, we've been blessed in so many ways through Victory, but um, in particular, I wanna talk about the children's ministry here. We have three sons, and our middle son, when he was very young, we noticed he was having some delays, and um, through taking him to doctors and things, we, he was later diagnosed with autism. And we knew at that point, you know, that just our day-to-day -day activities were going to be more, you know, of a struggle to do. And, um, you know, it, it, it was a time, you know, that we were, you know, kind of lonely and we we're trying to find, you know, where to go, what direction God was taking us. But we knew our son had a purpose and we knew that, you know, God was going to do miracles in him and through him. And um, we've been here to Victory and we had seen the children's building and, is you know it was just amazing we knew that this church had a heart for kids but you know you still have a question in the back of your mind as a parent you know are they going to be able to care for my kid and um we brought cole here when he was three years old and he started out in the preschool ministry and um you know all the teachers that he's had at victory have just been so accommodating to him and so gracious and patient and now he's been in victory kids for two years um, he absolutely loves it. He loves to worship. He loves to sing and dance. All of the um, pastors, Pastor Amy, Pastor Mandy, Pastor Hudson, all the staff and volunteers, you know, they know him. I don't have to worry about him when I drop him off. I know that they're loving him. They're praying for him and they're teaching him about Jesus. And um, it's just been such a blessing. He is able to go to a connect group on Sunday night when my husband and I, I mean, that's something we didn't know if we'd ever be able to do is to, you know, sit in service together, go to a connect group. We're able to do those things. And this last summer, um, my older son had attended Camp Victory and he had such a good time. And, you know, I just really wanted my son Cole to attend Camp Victory also. And my husband was able to go with him and he's gonna share about their experience at Camp Victory. Thank you. Um, yeah. I didn't honestly want to go to camp with my son because I was scared to go because I didn't know how it would go. And, and, and uh, with, with children with autism, one thing that you know is routine is very important and uh, structure. And so to take him out of the structure of the normal routine from our home was a little scary to me. And I knew I was going to be there with him for three days and kind of have to deal with the ramifications of what was going to happen. The first night was pretty rough. Uh, it was dark, dark in the cabin, and, and he cried out for his mommy a couple of times, and uh, the other eight-year-old boys trying to figure out, you know, why was that boy crying out for his mommy, and I just, I was heartbroken, because I wanted my son just to have a normal time, just like fun time with everybody else, 
And I prayed, I said, Lord, just, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? I, I just want to leave. And I texted my wife and said, honey, I just think we should come home. And uh, thankfully, my wife and the Holy Spirit worked together to convince me not to leave. And it was, the next three days were incredible. Uh, we, go, we, we went go-karting together, and uh, we, uh, we saw, I saw him ride horses. Uh, he loves horses. I didn't know that before. We found out something he loves. There he is right there. And uh, that was him at seven years old. And let me tell you one quick thing about what happened the last night. He would get restless at the end of services sometimes, and I'd have to take him out and walk around. And I sat in the back. I came back in the back, having heard a whole week of messages about Joseph, how God has a purpose and a plan for your life, no matter what circumstances that you're going through. Joseph went through a lot of stuff. We know his story well. I was thinking this through. I know what my purpose is. I know what my plan is. I'm secure in who I am in Christ. But what about my son, Lord? What about my son? And I was sitting there holding him tight, crying to God, show me the purpose and plan for my son's life. I don't understand it. I don't see it. Where's the future? And then I said, I feel lonely in this moment. Lord, send someone to minister to me right now. Just show me that you're with me right now. And I looked up, and in that very moment, a young woman named Madison, who was one of the camp administrators, walked up to me. She walked towards me, and, and she didn't say a word. She just reached over. She put her hands on her shoulders. My son, who had been a little restless in that moment, became very still and calm. And she prayed, one of the most powerful prayers that's prayers ever been prayed over me. I, I left with just so much joy and full of life and hope. And, and it was almost as if the Holy Spirit just told her exactly what we needed to hear in that moment. And here's why I'm telling you this story, guys, is because it wouldn't have happened if Pastor Amy, Pastor Hudson, and the entire staff wouldn't have allowed my son to be there, wouldn't have allowed me to, me to be there as a volunteer for the express purpose of being there with my son. They accommodated him, and they loved him, they accepted him, they looked past all of the, you know, the quirky things that my son does, and they just loved on him and allowed me to be there to minister to my son in that moment. And I just thank this church and this ministry so much for what he's done in our family's life. Praise God. AJ. You know, all of the stories that you hear today, and it, <laughs> it's all about people. Everything that this ministry has done for me and my life and my wife and my daughter and our future kids, it's all about people from being raised in Victor Christian School and going on mission trips, seeing people saved through these hands, praying for people. I had the faith to believe that blind eyes could be opened. It all started because of this ministry, because of Victor Christian School. And now my family and my daughters and future children will have the opportunity to go on mission trips and change people's lives because it's about people. So everything that you heard today, always remember. All the lessons that Pastor Billy Joe taught us, even going to restaurants when the waitress was rude, he would spend time to say, let me lead you to Jesus. And now today, my wife and I, we go out to restaurants do you know Jesus? We'd love to invite you. So, man, the seeds that are sown are forevermore reaping and going out, echoing out through eternity. So this ministry is changing lives, changing destinies, and changing the world. Praise God. Give these guys a big hand. Why don't we all stand to our feet? We're going to ask you to do something that might be a little out of your comfort zone. I want you to grab the hand of the person next to you, lift it high. We're going to say our victory confession together. And I got to give a shout out to this girl right here next to me. I wouldn't be who I am without her. 
Thank you, Ashley. I love you. We are better together. And as we move forward, we are moving forward together as a team unified with a vision from God. The past is good. The present is great. But how many of you know the future? We're going from glory to glory, from strength to strength. Our best days truly are in front of us. Let's say this confession together on the count of three. One, two, three. I'm here on purpose because I have a purpose. My heart is open, my mind is ready to receive because God is not finished with me yet. My best days are right in front of me and I have victory in my life because Jesus lives in me. All right, give somebody a high five. Pull out your 3D glasses, get ready as victory talks about the future. You can pull out those 3D glasses, put them on, can you see it? Resilience. Resilience is all about being able to overcome the unexpected. To overcome change. It's about survival. But greater than that, the goal of resilience is to thrive. What's the most resilient thing? An idea, a vision. A single vision can build a city. A vision can build a nation. A vision can transform the world. A vision can change the game and change the rules. A vision can build a church. Believers united to reach out to the broken and light a lamp for the lost. The purpose of the church is to be the bride of Jesus Christ. We're the body of Christ at the same time. We're called to do the work of Jesus, to do the will of the Father, to finish or complete His work. Jesus knelt down and he washed Peter's feet. And he said, as I have served you, so you are going to serve others. The ministry of the church is to be a servant and to meet the needs of people. throughout history that man would answer 
Can you see it? Not with these eyes, but see it in your heart. A question about vision. The history of our nation was forged by men and women who saw something before anyone else could see it. Martin Luther King Jr. saw that one day we would not be defined by our color, class, and creed. Abraham Lincoln saw that one day slavery would be abolished in this nation. The Wright brothers imagined that one day man would fly. Thomas Edison saw that one day electricity and the light bulb would be invented. Martin Luther saw that one day a great reformation was coming and Jesus, the greatest visionary of all time, saw that one day a church would be built and the gates of hell would not prevail against it. We are that church. 2,000 years later in 1981, Billy Joe and Sharon Doherty saw a vision for this church in Tulsa, Oklahoma to be established in the Holy Spirit with a mission-minded purpose to move and empower and equip generations to walk in the calling of God. And I see a church today still strong 35 years later. Yes, I see a church who's not confined to the four walls that it sits inside. I see a church that's expanding and exploding with growth. I see a church who sees the world harvest, a church that's moving in Tulsa, Oklahoma, United States of America, and to the ends of the earth, a church that's empowered with the great commission to preach the gospel to Judea, Samaria, Jerusalem, to the ends of the earth. I see a church that's moving with compassion, a church that's exploding with creativity, a church that's touching heaven and changing earth, a church that's filled with a new sound, a new wine for this generation, a church where young and old, black and white, Hispanic, Asian, Native American, every tribe, every tongue is welcome. I see a church whose best days are still in front of her. Can you see it?
our cries that your kingdom would come and your will would be done in this church and in this city as it is in heaven. Lord, give us eyes to see. Take off the blinders, God, of complacency. Take off the blinders, God, of settling on past victories. Take off the blinders, God, of shame and regret. And this morning, Lord, lift our eyes to where our help comes from with faith and hope that we serve a limitless God, a God who loves to see impossible dreams met with his incredible power. So this morning, Lord, our eyes are on you. Let's pray this together. Say, Lord Jesus, give me eyes to see the vision that you have, Lord, for my life and for this ministry. For such a time as this, I have been born to be part of your kingdom, advancing in the earth. I'm all yours, God for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Give somebody a high five. Say, get ready, get ready, get ready. The theme this morning, this weekend is, can you see it? Back in January, I was praying and we were doing our series, Taking Ground. And God began to stir up things in my spirit that have been sitting there for a long time. Things that I had remembered talking with my father about when he was alive, things that our family would talk about, things me and my wife, before we were married, when we were just boyfriend and girlfriend, we would dream about what God had called us as a church to do, to advance his kingdom. And back in January, a few things started surfacing, really right around the new year. We had a New Year's Eve service here, and I heard God say, get ready for greater this year, get ready for greater. And I started sensing a few different ventures that God was wanting our church to get back involved in. I heard him say, Paul, get ready for what I'm about to do through victory in TV. Get ready for what I'm about to do through victory in TV. Get ready for what I'm about to do through victory in TV. It was like I couldn't get rid of the voice. And it was the Holy Spirit saying, get ready. There's about to be some major favor for victory on TV. The next thing I heard God say was, Paul, get ready for what I'm about to do in Victory Christian School. Get ready for what I'm about to do in the school. There's, there's, there's something that you need to prepare for. There's something coming. And it was almost like the spirit of Noah. Like, get ready. A flood is coming. You've got to get the ark prepared. The rains are about to come. Kind of like the spirit of Joseph when, when Egypt was about to go into a famine and Joseph heard. He saw something coming and he acted on the vision in his heart. He knew something was coming. We must get ready for it. And God said, Paul, get ready for what I'm about to do through missions and outreach in the church. Get ready for what I'm about to do. As we started just praying over those things, three words came to mind, connect, equip, and reach. As a church, these are the three things that we do. We connect people to God through worship and prayer, through the word. We connect people to each other in fellowship and connect groups. This is a part of who we are. Equip, we're equipping people to do the work of the Lord. Ephesians 4 says the job of the church is to equip believers to do the works of the ministry. So as a church, we're equipping with Victory Christian School, Victory Bible College, our services, in our Victory Kids, in our nursery, in our youth group, in our college ministry. We're equipping people to fulfill the calling on their life and then reach that word reach as a church this is really twofold it's you and I reaching out whether it's going on outreaches or going on mission trips 
but it's also us as a church deciding we're gonna sow significantly into missions and outreach, touching our city, touching the people of this church, whether it's single parent ministry or whether it's uh, going into North Tulsa with the Dream Center or whether it's ministering to families and then all over the world, sowing into missionaries and sowing into missions. And so God began stirring this up in us. And I said, God, that, there's a lot of stuff there. God said, there's more. Everybody say, there's more. <laughs> Just when you think that God's told you everything there is, he says, we're just getting started. And here's the thing about it. This weekend, I had to overcome some fear. The enemy always tries to whisper lies right before you're about to do something uh, that God's called you to do. And the devil was saying, Paul, uh, th this is not the right time to cast vision. I mean, people, I mean, look at the economy, look at the oil industry. Now's not the time to ask people to get ready for greater vision. And, and you just need to be silent. Y'all just need to maintain what's already going on. But you know what I told the devil? You don't get the glory. God gets the glory. It's not about me. It's not even about victory. It's about God's kingdom expanding and reaching this city and reaching the world. And we will not maintain. We will not sit back. We will not be silent. We will advance the kingdom of God on the earth. And you might say, well, Paul, that's fine. You can say it with all the passion you want, but at the end of the day, vision doesn't happen without provision. And you're right. And you know, I had to ask myself that question, God, how is this going to happen? You know what God said? Not by my nor by power, but by my spirit says the Lord, I will fulfill the vision. If God's in it, God will do it. And so this morning, I want us to talk about what those three things look like, what God's calling us to do. You heard the testimony of Amy Bonham, her and Chad. They represent one of 30 million families in our nation that have kids with special needs. 30 million families just in the United States alone have children with special needs. God started breaking my heart, my wife's heart, my mom's heart, our family, just in the last four or five years to start thinking about how are we gonna minister to families with children, teenagers, even growing adults with special needs. And many in this uh, service uh, may have that. In our Saturday night service last night, I ran into several families who said, Paul, thank you for having a heart for families who have kids with special needs. She said, here's my daughter. She introduced me to her daughter. She said, we wanna help be part of it. And I, I fully believe when the vision is cast, God brings people alongside to help fulfill that vision. So I'm asking you all hands on deck for this vision. Everybody get ready because the flood's about to come. And I do see us bursting at the seams of this worship center. I'm telling you, look around. This is as small as it's going to get. We're about to expand to the right and to the left. And we're going to reach. I see a day. This all falls underneath Connect. I want to throw Connect up there. I see a day where we are going to reach 60,000 people a week in the greater Tulsa area through this ministry and our services. Now, thinking perspectively, right now, we're touching 8,000 people a week, 8,000. So we got a ways to go, but you know what? We serve a supernatural God who can accelerate the process, and I'm telling you, we're gonna get there. We're gonna reach those people. You can either watch it or you can be part of it. And you might say, well, Paul, why do you care so much about numbers? God cares about numbers. God put a book in the Bible called Numbers. According to what I read in the New Testament, anytime there was a, a group of salvations, they mentioned the number. Acts chapter two, they mentioned the number. All throughout the book of Acts, every time there was something that, that happened when the church was growing, they mentioned the number and thousands were added to the church daily. God is interested in reaching people. 
Numbers are not numbers. Numbers represent destinies, families, homes, callings, people that need to be rescued out of the pit of despair and connected into the local church to fulfill their God-given vision. And there are people in your life that need what God's doing in this house. And I do see that day. And so one of the things we're going to do as part of this vision that we're going to raise finances for is to expand our kids ministry. Because as people start coming, we're going to need to prepare the kids ministry to minister to those kids. Kids are not junior varsity. They are Christians just like you and me. And they deserve an excellent experience when they come to church to receive the gospel in a powerful way. And we're going to we're going to start doing that from ages three to five, uh, first and second grade, third through fifth grade. We're going to give them specific experience. Experiences, and we're going to teach apologetics at a young age so that when kids graduate, they're not clueless on how to defend their faith, but they know Christian biblical worldview and they know how to defend it against people and professors who would say, why do you believe that? And so we're going to prepare kids for that, teenagers for that in our services. And we've got to invest in that as, as a church, we're going to invest in being able to provide services for special needs kids, staff to be able to minister to those kids when they come to Children's Church. Right now, there are very, very, we did our research, we called around. There's only a few churches, I can, I can count them on both hands, that are ministering to families with kids with special needs. And that's in our nation that we know of, that are churches our size. Churches are not ready for this. It's about to be the biggest thing as, as families start bringing their kids to church, asking, do you have the ability to handle my child? Uh, uh, whether it's extreme autism, mild forms of autism, or what, whatever the needs are. And we want those kids to feel special, valued. We want them to know we've got a place for you when you bring your child here. Uh, we're gonna be able to minister to them. And so we wanna be prepared for that, that as those families come, we're gonna minister to them. Just a few weeks ago, I was with our church uh, missions team in Peru, and we were with a pastor. And the pastor, his daughter is extremely autistic. And he said, our church doesn't even offer something for her. And um, he said, it, it's been a real hard process for us as a family because we, we aren't able to afford to have someone. You can't just have someone uh, serving. You have to have someone certified and trained in being able to do that. And, and praise God in this church, I believe we're gonna be able to do this. And we're gonna get behind it, church. Can we get excited about reaching and ministering to kids, boys and girls, no matter who they are, and we're gonna make them feel special here. Secondly, equip. Victory Christian School was built in 1989. 1989, 1990, I remember as a child, I was in the Thoreau building when we would have school over there on uh, 71st and Memorial at Thoreau, and then we moved over here. For 26 years, we haven't really done any remodel to the school. As a church, we use that school every day. We use it for intramural sports. We use it for connect groups in all the classrooms. Uh, and during January, when we launched Sunday night groups, I was walking through each classroom and I realized, man, we need to, we need to update these classrooms. And I started doing my research and I realized the roof over the school has had so many rain leaks through it. It's, it's uh, broken areas of the roof. We've got to replace that roof. And you might say, well, Paul, why don't we have the finances in the budget to already do that? Well, let me celebrate something with you. As a church, we have been debt-free for 30 years, since 1985. God called this church to get out of debt, and thank you, by the grace of God, we have stayed out of debt. Our God is faithful. Our God is gracious, and our God is limitless. But by getting out of debt on a weekly basis, we believe God to pay the bills every week. 
I talked to one pastor who said, we've got a storehouse of about a million dollars, but we've got a debt bill of $50 million. And I was trying to figure that out. We don't really have a storehouse, <laughs> not to scare you or anything, but we've operated on faith every year. And you know what? God always provides and always shows up. So I'm not scared, I'm not worried, but we've gotta prepare and get a storehouse ready to be able to help the people that are coming to this school. And, and, and we're in a place, way, we're in a great place, church. To be debt-free is an awesome thing. And that's to the glory of God and to the sacrificial seeds of this house and the sacrificial seeds of, of, of honestly, my family over the years, just emptying their savings every, every year to say, God's called us to do this and, and whatever we gotta do to do this, we're gonna do this. But we've gotta prepare, because I believe, I see a day where we're gonna be reaching 1,600 students. If there was ever a time to teach Christian worldview, it is right now. Humanistic, uh, 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 moral relativism is sweeping across our country that whatever you think is right is right in your eyes, whatever you think is wrong. We have to teach the Bible, the truth, the absolute truth of the Word of God. We have to impart the Holy Spirit. We've gotta impart faith. We've gotta impart compassion and missions. And you say, well, I don't have a kid at BCS, so I don't really need to sow into this, but you're a part of this house. Last night I was talking to a lady, she said, Paul, I don't have the finances to put my kids in at BCS. She said, so it's hard for me to sow into it. I said, if you'll sow by faith, I believe that God will honor your faith. And I believe that as you sow into what God's doing, I said, can you at least respect the vision? She said, absolutely. I see the need for it. We didn't start a Christian school just to start a competitive private school in our city. We started a Christian school to impart the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, and to train up world changers that are gonna go out and minister. So when we talk about updating that school and the facilities for it, and we start talking about the classrooms for it, it's not just about students. It's about the people that they're gonna reach and the families that they're gonna raise and the businesses they're gonna start and the, and, and the nations they're gonna impact. It's amazing that Reinhard Bonnke sent his kids to VCS. Dr. Cho, who pastors the largest church in the world, sent his kids to VCS. I mean, all over the world, people have come to Victory Christian School and they come to this church. We've had Muslims put their kids in at Victory Christian School because of the facilities. They liked the facilities and their families got saved because they were at Victor Christian School learning about God. So don't tell me there's not a need for Christian schools. And the last one right here is reach. As a church, it's time for us to reach out more than we ever have before. You heard the story about Brian and Stacy. Their family got saved through Victory TV. How many of you, just by a show of hands, uh, have been either encouraged, impacted, or God uh, woke you up through Christian television. You were listening to a sermon, maybe it was Joyce Meyer, Joel Osteen, Billy Joel and Sharon Doherty. You got connected uh, to the church, to God. Maybe your marriage, something got healed watching Oral Roberts, someone like that on TV. I'm telling you right now, the amount of people that watch TV has grown significantly. CBS just did a recent survey on people watching TV, not just their channel, but TV in general. It has increased in the last 10 years, it's increased significantly. More people watch TV today than watched 10 years ago. And you might be shocked by that going, what about the internet and iPhones? There's more avenues for people to watch TV today more than there ever has been before. And I remember a story that my dad used to tell, and Tom Newman reminded me of this. He said, Paul, I came to your dad's office 
and I was trying to talk him into doing something else besides uh, uh, some of the, the ways he was doing TV. And he said, I wasn't against it. It's just I didn't see the impact that it had. And he said, uh, my dad said, Tom, how much time do you have? And AJ, will you bring up these papers? And my dad handed Tom a stack of papers. And today I've got these papers, praise reports and people's marriages who've been mended and people's who, uh, kids who've been healed and people who've been saved by watching Christian TV, flipping through the channels. Right in this church, we had a strip club owner who came home late one night. He turned on the TV and guess what he watched? Victory on TV. He got saved. He quit his job. He brought strippers from there that got saved, got delivered from that lifestyle, got connected to the church. There's one guy named Joseph Raj who was watching Victory in Brunei. In, in Brunei, it's a part of the, uh, uh, Asia. And he said, I was watching Victory and I was a Muslim. He said, but as I watched the, the Victory TV and Pastor Billy Joe and the services here, he said, I start, it all started making sense to me. He got saved today. He, he, moved, he moved all the way to Tulsa to go to Victory Bible College just because of watching the TV. So many people like that. So many stories whose lives have been impacted. Well, here's the awesome news. God started preparing our hearts. It's time to get back on TV. About seven years ago, we had to scale way back. Uh, well, really about six years ago, scale way back from TV. And, and, and we've been able to still stay on a few local area channels. But God said, Paul, get ready for what I'm about to do through Victory on TV. Get ready. So many people's lives are going to be impacted. They're going to come to church. They're going to get connected. They're going to get in other churches. They're going to get saved through what God's going to do through this house. I didn't know what God was, was really going to do. I just felt that whisper in my spirit. How many of y'all have been there before where you just felt a whisper in your spirit, but you didn't know how it was going to happen? That's kind of what happened to me. It's just this whisper. Get ready. So I was kind of getting ready, looking around. We got a phone call through Tom Newman with Matt Crouch, who oversees TBN, and then I got contacted by Brian Houston, and they said, we're starting the Hillsong channel, the Hillsong Network TV channel. It's gonna take over the church channel. We're gonna launch it, and we're gonna expand its broad width to be able to impact 2.3 billion people, potential viewers. He said, we will be in 249 countries, uh, we're expanding the satellites. It's going to go on 74 satellites. It's going to be reaching all over North America, Australia, Asia, into Europe. And we want to give you, now get this, listen to this. He said, Paul, I don't think you understand how much favor God has stored up for your church because of the seeds that your dad and mom have planted. He said, we have turned down 75% of the people who are on TV right now doing ministry and preaching that are begging to get on the Hillsong channel. We've turned them down because we're looking for a specific voice for this generation. He said, we see victory and you about to impact the world like never before. We're gonna give victory the prime time spot right after Joyce Meyer before Stephen Furtick and Joel Osteen. And we're gonna put you on daily as a church impacting six million people is a low estimate of how many people we're gonna reach as a church. Thank you, Jesus, for favor, favor, favor. When I heard him say it, I, I, was, I was in tears. I was thinking, I don't deserve that. I said, I don't even have enough sermons to go on daily. He said, get ready. God's got his eye on you. And you know what God whispered to me? God said, Paul, this is a Kairos moment. This is a window of time. 
Don't you think this opportunity is going to every other preacher and every other church? God said, I am giving victory a window to touch the world like never before. I know my dad's up in heaven screaming and shouting because he saw a day. My dad was one of the biggest believers in Christian TV because he saw a day where our church would be reaching that many people on a weekly basis. We're gonna do it, church. We're gonna do it. And I need your help. We're gonna do it together. This isn't about me. This isn't about us. This is about God's glory. This is about the gospel of Jesus expanding to the ends of the earth. This is about rescuing Muslims. This is about rescuing atheists. This is about recapturing a generation that has been swept away with this humanistic worldview. And this church, God is giving a sound, a voice into that age group to bring them back to Jesus Christ, to wake them up. Church, it's time. It is time. And I'm stepping out by faith and I'm asking you to step out by faith with me. Let's do this together. Can you see it? Come on, Jesus. With that, with that, there's a lot of work to be done over the next few months. The urgency, this channel is going to be launching this summer. We've got to prepare ASAP. We've already began making calls, getting ready for that. Right now, we have one guy working in our TV studio. He's done a great job. We've got to prepare for more. We've got to get people ready for the prayer lines. We've got to, we got to be prepared because when people call, I don't want to go into voicemail. I want people talking to someone, getting prayer, connecting, someone reaching them. So as a church, we're going to get ready for this. We're going to do everything we can uh, with the resources we have, and we're going to believe God for the rest to be able to reach these people. The next thing is with that, this summer, we're going to Africa and we're going to Dominican. We're gonna do crusades there and we're gonna reach thousands of people on a th Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night crusade in Rwanda. And we're gonna team up with Bible schools and churches. So we're not just doing a big crusade and leaving. We're doing a big crusade and we are planting people in churches and in Bible schools. And we're gonna bring lights with us. You guys already sowed all the seeds. So we raised the finances for the lights for Africa. Praise God, that's already done. And we're going to bring light into Africa to minister to those people. We're also going to be building water wells there. So we're raising finances for that. We're going to be translating the kids Bible app into Thai, which is going to be able to reach millions of kids that, uh, that speak that language, that Thai language. Then this is an exciting thing. International Victory Bible Institutes. We are going to go digital. Now we've been doing manual CDs and DVDs and booklets that we've been sending to these countries. That costs us a lot of money to do that. It's gonna be an initial investment to translate and put everything on digital. But once we do, we are about to expand and accelerate the rapid growth of our Bible schools around the world. We are getting to a place in a time where the world will have Wi-Fi in, in nations and continents like Africa and in, and in mountain villages, there's gonna be Wi-Fi. I know that sounds crazy, but Wi-Fi is about to go all over. With the digital copies of our Bible school classes, we're gonna be able to impact so many more people. And I'm telling you, church, it'll in the end, it'll end up saving us money too to be able to uh, uh, digitally send those things instead of mailing them and in mass copies like that. Man, I'm excited about that. I think that's incredible. Last but not least is the storehouse. And um, like I said, we've got to prepare for crisis that come. 
just a few weeks ago, we saw a tornado whip through North, North Tulsa. We had families calling us saying, can you help us rebuild our house? Uh, we don't have insurance. We're not prepared for this. We had churches like Timothy Baptist Church lose their roof. And Pastor Wendell opened up the doors of the Dream Center so that Timothy Baptist Church can meet in the Dream Center. Thank you, Jesus, for people of compassion. But we've got to be ready to help people. And so... As a church, I want us to be prepared just like Joseph was prepared when the famine would come. I do see a day where there might be crisis in our country. And we have an ark that you saw years ago had to be built. Praise God, this is debt free, this whole building, which is just incredible. But we've got to prepare that when they come, we're able to help them and minister to them. When God gives us a vision, uh, whether it's a new campus to launch, which I do see is launching new campuses, victory campuses around Oklahoma. So get ready for that down the road soon. When, when God begins to stir us up to have a student ministry building on this side of the street for teenagers to prepare for that, we want to have a storehouse ready for the, the opportunities that God brings. So all of these things together, here's what we're believing God for. Are you ready? We are believing God as a ministry for $3.5 million. $3.5 million. It's our 35-year anniversary. We're believing God for $3.5 million. We know for certain it's going to reach 6 million people. Remember, every number is a person's destiny. So when you see those numbers, I want you to see people like you. That every single person, that's 6 million yous that are going to impact their world. That's 59 cents a person. 3.5 million, 6 million people will be reached through TV, through crusades, through water wells, through the ministry of our IVBI digital, through the Thai translation of the Bible app, through the school and through our victory kids and special needs programs. We're going to do it. I'm asking you to pray in your heart. What number is God dropping in your spirit? We're gonna worship the Lord right now, and I know uh, it, it, this is an interesting service because it's not really a sermon. So if you're new to victory and you're going, is this how it normally is? No, but get ready. God's expanding the reach of this church. And I wanna lead you to a scripture real quick to read with me, and then we're gonna worship. And while we worship, I want you to pray, and then we're gonna do an offering at the end. But this morning, I'm not necessarily asking, some of you already know exactly what God's called you to give. Some of you, you're uncertain. You're going, God, what am I supposed to give in this? I want you to hear this scripture, Isaiah 54, verse 2. The prophet Isaiah, he saw a day. This wasn't just for the Israelites of that day. This was for the greater Israel as a whole, that we as, as Gentile believers would be grafted into the Jewish family of God. And we would have this prophecy over us as a church that Isaiah spoke, enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords, strengthen your stakes, victory, for you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Do not fear victory for you will not be ashamed. Neither be disgraced for you will not be put to shame victory and you will forget the shame of your youth and you will not remember the reproach anymore of your widowhood for your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name and your redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. He is called the God of the whole earth. It's time to strengthen the stakes. It's time to get ready to expand to the right and to the left. And we're just getting started, Victor. Like I said, casting this vision, I know God's gonna do it, but he's looking for people like you and me. When I was 18 years old, my dad cast a vision 
for this building and for the kids building that's now here. We're sitting, many of you who are new to Victory, you're sitting in the seats of sacrificial seeds of people like you, single moms, families that maybe only one person was working in the family, but they saw the vision. They knew, man, this is gonna impact our city and the world. And they sowed into it. I was one of those teenagers. I emptied my whole savings account to help build that kid's building. I didn't have a, I didn't have a child. <laughs> I didn't have any kids in that building, but I knew it was gonna impact children. Some of us in this room, we have to see beyond ourselves. We have to see beyond our selfish needs and we have to go, this is gonna minister to people all over the world. Let's get ready for it. I'm gonna ask us to pass down these cards at the end of the aisle. On the card, it says, can you see it? At the bottom, there's a tear-off card. It's a pledge card. I want you to pray during this song. And we're gonna pass envelopes down the row in just a little bit. Why don't we go ahead and pass the envelopes too. And even this morning, if you don't plan on giving into this, go ahead and take an envelope anyways, because I think the Holy Spirit will convict you later on this week. <laughs> I'm just kidding with you. I do believe that God will give you wisdom on what you're to do. Proverbs 11:24 says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. Today, I'm looking at generous people. God's getting ready to expand your vision. God's getting ready to expand your territory. I believe God's gonna bring resources into your business. I've talked with business people in this church that said, Paul, if you give us a vision, I believe God's gonna give the provision. And when there's vision in this house and people are sowing into it, God supernaturally starts increasing their business, their resources, bringing favor into their laps, divine opportunities, new clients, new situations, jobs and better jobs, promotions. And I'm telling you that as we release our faith and get our eyes on Jesus and say, God, I wanna be part of your church expanding in the earth. I believe that God's gonna bring provision into your life. Many of you in this room, you're facing big needs. God's going to bring provision. Today, you can take this card home with you. You don't have to fill out the bottom unless you already know what you wanna do, but you can pray over it. As we worship the Lord today, I want you to pray over the seed that God wants you to sow. Whether you're a child, a teenager, a parent, a grandparent, I wanna encourage the kids to sow too. We're challenging the children's church and the teenagers to get involved in this. I think when young people are moved with compassion and generosity, man, that's an exciting thing to see young people going, all right, I wanna sow into what God's doing. So let's all do that together. Lord, I pray right now as you're speaking to us that you're gonna show us what to do. We trust in you, we look to you, the author, the finisher of our faith. Lord, I thank you this is gonna get done faster than we even imagined. Supernatural acceleration. In Jesus' name, let's worship the Lord.
ministry, in business. God's given you a dream, maybe for your kids, maybe for college, but there's been fear that's tried to hold you back. The voice of the enemy, the accuser has tried to use shame and regret and condemnation to say you're inadequate, you're unqualified. But today, God's saying like what he said to Peter, step out of the boat and walk on the water. I'm calling you today to take a step of faith and to resist the spirit of fear all across this room. If that's you, if you sense God's calling you to do something, but you're gonna have to step up with faith, just lift your hand across this room. Why don't you come down to the altar if that's you? I wanna pray for businessmen, missionaries, future missionaries, ministers, ministries, uh, uh, dreams, college, kids at Christian school, whatever it is, there's dreams, there's vision. God's birthing in you and he's saying, come, come, release your fear and embrace the spirit of God. Embrace faith in Jesus' name. Yeah, we're gonna give you time. There's people coming from all over right now. I believe that God is getting ready to pour out his spirit on all flesh. We're gonna see the Joel Acts 2 prophecy come to pass on his sons and his daughters, young men and old men. This isn't just about young people. This is old and young working together, experiencing a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit, fresh wind and fresh fire, fresh vision, fresh life complacency being broken off of you, laziness being broken off, shame being broken off, fear and the fear of man. The fear of man being broken off you. 
God's saying, I'm going to lift off that spirit of fear of what other people think. Fresh boldness, boldness. If you need boldness, just come down to this altar. God's going to give you boldness. Maybe you're here today and you're not right with Jesus. You need to surrender your life to God. Get right with him right now. Jesus is coming back soon. I want to encourage you to step out and come down to this altar today. Lord, I pray right now that your Holy Spirit would just breathe life and hope in this place. Something that I need to share with you that my wife just reminded me of. Part of what we're doing is to prepare for what's about to come. I don't know what's around the corner, but I sense in my spirit we must be ready when whatever it is happens. As a church, for 30 years we've been debt free, which is an amazing miracle. But with that, on a weekly basis, we have to believe God for the faith to pay the bills of what we do right here in the current season. A lot of these things that I'm talking about, there's not a budget for it. That's why we've got to raise the finances and the vision to be able to do these things. One of the things that we've always needed in this church is a storehouse to be prepared when crisis may hit our country. Like the tornado that swept through North Tulsa. We had so many families saying, would you help us? We don't have insurance. Our house got ruined. We were able to do a little bit, but because on a weekly basis, we're, we're having to believe with faith to pay what's currently here, we weren't able to do as much as we wanted to do. I know that a day might come in this nation where people in this church and people in this city are gonna come to this ark like, the Noah, like Noah's ark. I know, it's just, just crazy. But just like Joseph, since that a famine was coming for Egypt, he prepared. In the time of provision, he prepared. He said, we've got to prepare. Something's coming and we must be ready. And they listened to the spirit of Joseph. They listened to the Holy Spirit speaking through them and they were prepared. So part of this vision is also part of that is to believe God that we would have a storehouse that we can serve you and serve families and serve uh, single parent moms and serve, let's say God brings uh, people that need help, that we would have a storehouse to be able to help those people. So I think in this room, God's stirring up in your heart to be prepared that God's calling you, that you would be on that readiness and, and be listening to the Holy Spirit. Awake. One more scripture. I got to share this with you. Revelation 3. John was talking to the church. John the beloved. He was talking to the church. He was the last disciple alive. He's the one that wrote the book of Revelation. Right before he went into this intense apocalyptic revelation, one of the last letters he wrote was to a church that had a reputation of being alive but he said, this church is dead. He said, it's not that they're in sin. It's not that they're in immorality. It's not that they're doing anything wrong. It's that they haven't finished the work that God's called them to do. And John says, it's time for you church, this church, it's time to wake up and strengthen that which remains and finish the unfinished business that God's called you to do. Now, we as a church, we're not dead, we're alive but we have unfinished business as a church that God's called us to do. We are not just gonna sit back and maintain. We are gonna go reach the world with the love of Jesus and with the hope of Jesus. And we're gonna strengthen that which remains. We're gonna strengthen this house to be prepared for what God's about to do. And I believe that God's going to bring a harvest of people into this house and that you and I, all hands on deck, we've gotta be ready. All hands on deck, God's gonna use you it's not one person, it's all of us. God's gonna use all of us 
as connect group leaders, as pastors, as leaders, as mentors, as ministers, spiritual moms, spiritual dads, that God wants to use all generations together. And God's strengthening you. He's saying, let, don't let fear get a hold of you. Shake off that spirit of fear, Timothy. You have a powerful mind. You have, you have boldness in Jesus' name. Paul told Timothy, stir up the gifts that are inside you. Can we do something right now? Can we just stir up the gifts of the Holy Spirit right now? If you know how to pray in the Spirit, why don't you go ahead and pray in the Spirit right now? If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues and you desire that, you want that, it's not a weird thing. It's a powerful thing. Why don't you come to the altar? I want to pray for you right now. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, fresh wind, fresh fire. Lord, I thank you, Jesus, God, for wisdom from heaven, favor from heaven, stored up favor, God. I thank you, Lord, for dreams. To, Lord, I thank you for an acceleration on the dreams in this church, on the dreams of people. Lord, missionaries, God, you're going to bring provision. You're going to bring provision from the north, the south, the east, and the west. God, I thank you, Lord, for raising up leaders, world changers in this church, history makers. Lord, creative inventors in this church, spirit-empowered businessmen, presidents in this church.